2: Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, Site Visibility have another piece of shameless self-promotion because they've just released their 2020 PPC automation guide. The guide's completely free to download and it will help you get started in each of the new automation settings within Google Ads. So this includes smart bidding, responsive ad testing. Dynamic search ads and more. The best way to accelerate your PPC growth in 2020 is to start planning today. So download your guide for free at bit.ly, that's bit.ly slash PPC dash automation dash guide. I'll say that again bit.ly, that's bit.ly slash PPC dash automation dash guide. Now today I'm joined by Kirk Williams, owner at Zato Marketing. Kirk, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm really sorry that you've you've joined me on a day that I've got a cold. I don't normally sound as sexy as this.
3: <laughs> no
2: worries. Uh, I actually
3: have a cold as well. Do so you? it should be a great podcast.
2: <laughs> we, we, we've both got our sexy voices on then. <laughs> sorry, I exactly. to stop I, sniffing as I, well. That's really bad. We're really unprofessional to sniff in a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's start off. So you're in, uh, you're sort of the top. Left-hand corner of the United States, would that be fair to say?
3: Yeah, we're, we're up far enough where a lot of our southern neighbours will say that we're part of Canada. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not technically the Pacific Northwest. We're, we're right kind of smack in the middle of what would be considered the West um, in Montana, Billings, Montana. And I bet it's cold, isn't it? It is very cold, and it snowed this morning, and I said, nah, screw it, I'm not going to shovel. And so I just came into work without shoveling. So I'm, I'm a bad neighbour.
2: So does it look like a Christmas card at the moment where you are?
3: It does, but it's the it, kind of one of those Christmas cards where it's it started to turn dark. You know, the, oh. the holly jolly is gone. Now it's just the cold Jack Frost. Yeah, I know. Okay,
2: well, uh, <laughs> less about the uh, the weather and Christmas, which is several weeks behind us now. So us <laughs> a bit about yourself and Zoto Marketing.
3: Yeah, definitely. So I own Zato. Uh, We're just a real small little agency. We focus just on paid search, Google Ads, Microsoft Ads. I try to keep it um, kind of within our wheelhouse and what we do. Um, And then shopping ads is a major part of that as well. And so that's what I'll I'll write on shopping ads and speak on that a lot. I try to know what I can. And, uh, yeah, try, try to do my thing with that. Had a few, uh, articles posted around that have gotten me some, some, uh, 25 most influential PPCers and things like that. Um, that's been fun to keep up with that. So, and you're, you're a Star Wars nerd, aren't you? I am. Yeah. So I, I love Star Wars. I like to say that kind of before the new wave of Star Wars stuff became really cool. I, I liked it. I read as a kid, I read all of the books, the original Canon, um, I was very sad when Disney decided that the original canon, which was my childhood, was just wiped clean. All right, they killed my childhood. That's okay. I'm not bitter. Um, yeah, love Star Wars, love Star Wars Legos. I have a bunch of Lego sets in my office here behind me. So
2: shame, shame we can't talk more about that. But let's let's talk about um, uh, let's well let's talk about a variety of things because you've written some, some great sort of articles recently and articles address other articles. Let's start with um, perhaps the current state of advertising automation. What are your thoughts there, specifically with uh, reference to your recent article on that?
3: Yeah, so so I wrote that article um, because in my brain, we are doing too much in letting, I think, the platforms and the search engines and that decide this is what automation looks like in terms of the data that we get, as well as the process, revealing what's in that process. Um, I think there are some important conversations that need to be had around that. Well, you know, people are definitely talking about automation. I'm, I'm not saying that no one's talking about automation. But I do think that in some ways, just because it's the platforms that are pushing forward a lot of this stuff, that there's kind of this acceptance happening. And I think we have to be a little cautious of that. I think we're going to turn around and realize, you know, hey, the way that bidding is done, the way automation is done, all of a sudden it's, it's, it's more and more of a black box. And we don't really know what's going on, even though. We, as the advertisers and account owners, are the ones paying for that data. So really trying to, like, let's understand what's happening in automation, what kind of needs to be talked about this. And and by the way, you start to work into things like privacy and um, regulation and stuff like that. And that's that's all included in kind of the ever-expanding conversation as well. But I, th- I think we need to, to talk about that stuff. So that's kind of specifically that article I wrote was in some ways looking at this and saying, hey, um, a- as I've, as I've talked automation with Googlers and with other people, sometimes it's kind of this like us against them thing, like mm-hmm. us saying, well, right, we need data and we want to see what's going on. And uh, I mean, this is a v- this is a very oversimplified thing. but it's a, a lot of times it's us as the advertisers saying, we want to see data, We want to know what's co- going on in the process. And then pushing back, and as I point out, rightfully so at times, right, but when you, you know, why do you need to have all of that data? You don't. And then also, sometimes, if you allow humans into the process, that's the very thing that can kill the process. And so, in some ways, kind of this, like, hey, there's both sides of this that are actually really, really correct, I uh, I think that advertisers have a right to data as well as to know what's happening in, in some ways and yet agree like the process itself needs to work and be successful and sometimes that can be ruined by people. And so like how do we figure that out? And in some ways I tried to throw out the article and then say, look, it like I, I don't really have an answer to this. Like let's let's talk about this. And and the reason why I do think it's important right now is because What's happening is we're not really – I mean, we are having that conversation, but not really because, frankly, with the world that I work in, which is Google, like they control all of that because we're kind of working within their ecosystem. And so we can complain all we want about, hey, we don't have access to this data. We need it. And it doesn't really matter right now because they'll say, well, great, too bad. Here's this new completely automated, completely black box thing like smart shopping that you can't do anything about regardless of how you feel. And so that's kind of why I think, Hey, we probably better talk about this now because especially Google, this stuff, Google, Facebook's like this, this stuff is getting more and more black box automated. I don't think that's the best thing out there. So that, that's kind of the, 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 reason behind the article. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Cause
2: we've spoken about uh, automation a few times recently on the show and, I suppose it's like any new technology, isn't it? It's a double-edged sword. You've got, to, in some ways, it's very good, but you've got to be able to use it properly and be aware of pitfalls. I guess, haven't you? Which is essentially what you're saying.
3: Yeah, d- definitely. Um, and, and then the other aspect of that too is like automation really does have limitations, um, especially based on the data that it gets and the accuracy of that data and and what it even can track. And I think that's where you get into some of the stuff with uh, conversations around attribution as well. You know, attribution, uh, which source that's which traffic source should get the credit for a sale, right? Yeah. Um, you start to have kind of bigger conversations about marketing strategy. Okay, so, you know, company A and company B, they have two completely different marketing strategies and what they're trying to do. And that doesn't always transfer really well into a rubber, just a rubber stamp this is the exact form of automation that needs to happen based upon you know some specific like a, a couple of specific conversion data inputs that yeah. that we have and so I think that's that's just kind of all part of it is in some ways in some ways, maybe, and I don't know, maybe this is somewhat naive of me, but in some ways I, I see automation as being good, but then also it's just going to have its limitations, which is why I just think there's always room for humans, human guidelines, humans to adjusting and making strategic tweaks and all that stuff. But if it's an entirely closed system, like let's say, you know, smart shopping, there's just really nothing to be done by the humans in that. And and I think that that's got its problems.
2: Because you mentioned there about uh, attributions or improper attributions to be specific. And this was in response, wasn't it? In, in response to an article that's basically saying that digital advertising is the dot-com bubble. And you say, no, it's proper, improper attribution. Tell us a bit about that.
3: Yeah. If you can't tell, whenever I disagree with something online, I write an article about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, let's see. When was this? So, I think I wrote that article in November. I'm trying to remember when the correspondent article came out. I think it was in November, early November. But basically, basically, this article came out that they, they did a bunch of research. They talked to people. They did. I think they used eBay as a, a, a pretty big example here in their article and tried to point out that digital marketing itself digital advertising itself was kind of this this dot com bubble in terms of like hey it's it's going to it's going to burst um it's gotten it's gotten too big of a thing and it, and it can't really prove anything can't really it it can't really deliver what it says it can deliver, and so my article was basically saying like, look, I actually think that there were a, a lot of good points made in that article that we need to be aware of in digital advertising, but I think that like, you know, they they pulled out to use to use an Americanism, they pulled out a gun and started shooting, right, yeah. and they hit the wrong target, right. Yeah. Um, I think that you know they started well, here's a Star Wars reference. Like stormtroopers, they started blasting away at anything and everything. Um, and therefore they hit like digital advertising itself rather than I think, which is the actual problem, which is this, the belief that we can track everything, which to me would be improper, an improper understanding of attribution. I think that's the bubble. I think, and, and, and that comes from a lot of stuff that i've seen as well in the space of marketers kind of thinking, hey, we can track everything now that we have a few data points and now that we have an analytics tool. And so because we can quotation marks air quotes because we can track everything, now that means that we know exactly what needs to happen and hey, you know, let's let's throw out like our marketing strategies and stuff like that. Let's not actually really pay attention to those because what was actually sending us the sale based upon what Google Analytics says, and let's push our money into that. And I think that in that way, yeah, probably thinking of it like a bubble in something that can't deliver what it's it's asked is actually probably a good uh, description of it. Um, Because in that way, what we've done is we've started to rely too much on believing that The data within analytics and what it's showing, uh, we're just relying too much on that being exactly what's going to prove where our traffic sources are that are selling. And we're not really building these marketing strategies that, that actually really do fill the funnel at the top. And really push more into the awareness stage of things um, that's not always tracked. And that's kind of the point is that that's, that's typically going to be the place where you're just not really able to track much sale to, right? And so if you rely on analytics and that solely uh, on what they're revealing, they're, they're usually going to be weighted towards more of a, a last-click purchase type of a model, which means the last source to send a sale is, is the one that gets the credit. And in that way, you can actually start to kill off really good marketing strategies that have this idea, that traditional idea of the marketing funnel of awareness and that. You can kind of start to kill those off because you're so focused on your bottom of funnel, which is actually showing you sales. Um, And so that's where I think, hey, article, you did a good job. You you brought out some concerns, but I think that you missed the target because I think actually what you're aiming at is our belief we can track everything.
2: Now, um, as with a lot of things with, uh, internet marketing, there's been a lot of articles recently about the marketing funnel is dead. You know, it's a bit like podcasting is dead. The marketing funnel is dead. I've, I know you've got some, cause you did mention about the marketing funnel being dead. What are your thoughts on it? And I, I love your expression. Can we stop killing it, please? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't think it's dead <laughs> based on the title of that article. Um, Yeah, I mean, to me, I look at what the marketing funnel really is. And it's just this basic idea of kind of the strategies that I I talked about a little bit earlier um, here in our interview. And that is basically the idea of this whole awareness, interest, desire, action. This, This funnel idea still exists, in my opinion, in that really what we're trying to do initially is get awareness and build that across kind of a wide swath of people, if you will. So in a very, very simplistic way, there's still a lot more people in the awareness (laughs) category. Mm. And then at some point we're shifting down into more of a actually causing people to be interested. And then we move it into, Hey, I'd like that. And then they actually buy, you know, that that's the funnel. And so the reason why people want to keep killing the funnel is honestly in some for good reasons um is that they're looking at the complexity of what marketing is in 2020 and they're saying yeah but if you look at what you know let's just let's say we could follow a user around and just watch what they're doing and after 3 weeks they finally buy a pair of sunglasses by Hitting Facebook 27 times, seen you know, having conversations with 13 people, um, you know, searching for your brand a few times. Basically, the idea is they're they're. It's almost more of a maze, um, as a, a friend uh, Aaron Levy has described it. And so, in some ways, saying hey, because of that maze, there's really no funnel aspect left to it. Um, it's just too complex. It's too complicated. And I guess, and this is what I kind of argue in my article, that um, I, I agree. I think that you do. We are. We do have insight more into people kind of dipping around in the different stages than maybe we were able to see before. Although, in my opinion, that's always happened. Maybe not to this degree.
1: Mm.
3: But, but at its core, I think that as we think through how do we build a strategy for marketing this product or service, I do think it's still helpful to think in terms of of kind of that idea of hey let's 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 first start thinking about how are we going to build awareness how are, in in terms of an actual brand right how are we building awareness of this brand to a wider group of people and then how do we shift that into um into them actually thinking that they sh- they should want our brand and then that shifting into action mm. and so in terms of actually just and then, then taking that, okay, the rubber meets the road. How do we then turn that into a specific, like, what are we actually going to do? Then how much money are we going to invest into paid search? How much time are we going to invest into social marketing? Things like that. YouTube ads, things like that. I think that's where, as we still think of it in terms of this is what our strategy should look like, I think that's still going to guide then our budget allocation and and the way that we see and report on on that other stuff. So so I I think it's still it's still there. I think it's still a concept that's helpful in 2020. I don't think it's dead, even if sure, it's more complex in the in the middle and bottom and top than it used to be. And people do weird things flipping between them. And that's okay. I think overall, the core of it still stands, in my opinion.
2: So it's not an endangered species, the marketing funnel. We don't need to sort of allocate special wild areas where marketing funnels can roam unfettered <laughs> and protected. Yeah, you <laughs> Sorry, know. I don't know where I'm is. going with that, it's, it's slightly, uh, <laughs> slightly bizarre. But I, I did want to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk about Google Shopping actually, just briefly, uh, specifically uh, smart shopping, because I know that you've had a great, uh, you had a great rebuttal to a rebuttal, didn't you? Tell us a bit about that.
3: Yeah, there, I had a great conversation um, with a, a guy on LinkedIn that turned into a few articles. Um, and basically, uh, so so Smart Shopping, just to give an idea for those not aware of it, um, Smart Shopping is put out, oh, I think a little over a year ago now by Google. And it it really is a black box, or as someone else has described it even more aggressively, a black hole t- type of a <laughs> black box. It's not just concealed, but black hole. It actually literally like sucks all the the data and everything in, so that you can't see anything, even if you try. Um, and and this idea being that they will you, you take your feed from Google Merchant Center, your product feed. And so this is for products, e-commerce. You take this, you push it to Google. Google sees that. You push a smart shopping campaign live, and they say, "Great, don't worry, we'll take it from here." They pat you on the head and you know push you on your way, and then they um, advertise that basically across all of the Google channels. Uh, they, they still are uh, expanding some into Discover and that kind of thing, but especially like YouTube, Gmail, search, display. So it's across all of those. So traditional shopping ads back in the day, you could you could push those into display remarketing, or you could primarily, they would be just search only. And some of that idea has always been, you, you know, again, for those users maybe not quite as familiar with the, the lingo and what's, what's going on there, you know, when something is searched for, there's an intent there that's just not quite the same as like on, on the display network or Gmail or YouTube where you're more on the awareness stage in that. Um, and so they say, great, give us the target uh, ROAS, return on ad spend that you want to hit, the target profitability, whatever you want to do, and then we'll just kind of take care of everything. And then, and kind of where the black box aspect of that campaign type comes in, then they don't really report on anything to you other than some basic like click numbers, conversion numbers, that kind of thing. So in the past, us PPCers are used to seeing things like, hey, what search queries did people actually search for in order to uh, in order to see this ad and click on it? Well, we don't get to see any of that. Um, in the past, we are able to see which of our audiences are are utilized, you know, how, how many people came from re- remarketing audiences so uh, that they have visited the site, they're familiar with the brand, and now they're returning. And then how many came that were just kind of new? Well, in the past, we could see that. We we can't <laughs> see that with smart shopping. Uh, you can't even see what channel <laughs> it is. Mm. So, hey, hey, how much of my money was spent on YouTube as opposed to search? Well, who knows? <laughs> they, they're not telling us that. <laughs> So yeah. there's there's a lot of kind of this black box aspect to it. Um and so what some and this is this is what uh Patrick was saying on LinkedIn and you know great guy I really enjoyed the conversation. Um and and so you kind of have those who are let's call it the pragmatists yeah <laughs> and the idealists. And I literally just made those categories up right now but I think that that actually describes things well. Is the pragmatists are saying Right. We'd like it differently. But at this point, the Google ship has sailed. They are not going to give us the data. And honestly, we see them work really well. And so like, oh, well, whatever happens, happens. They're working. And then probably the idealist would be you know, me. So we're the ones who will go down with the ship. And that is this idea of, sure, well, even in some aspect, I'd argue that working can get a little bit tricky. Again, we can't even... See very clearly how much of a remarketing pool is being dipped into. Would those users have purchased through? Um, would they have purchased through SEO like brand traffic or things like that? Email. So I just think there's just not enough data, and that goes back originally to my first point, which would be, you know, hey, let's let's try to talk through this and see if we can't figure some of this out now before we just live in an ecosystem where where Google just says, "Hand me your money." While your competitors, by the way, are also handing me their money. and then, you know, we as Google are just going to determine kind of who gets what and not really have to report on any man, I, I just can't see a world where that little oversight for a company like Google making billions of dollars, like how is that possibly going to go well? <laughs> mm. <laughs> They're controlling all of this spend and and it's getting more and more. Uh, obsc- uh, uh, actually, the word used in one of those articles by uh, one of the Googlers was obfuscated. Um, yeah. The data kind of literally being, yeah, just kind of unclear. I I have concerns, and and I don't. I'm I'm not at the point right now where I'm saying, well, sure, as long as we're making some money right now, I'm I'm happy about that. So so I think that's kind of some of that that conversation. So
2: yeah, It'd be quite interesting actually to come back in about a year's
3: time and just see where it's all gone because we don't quite know do we at the moment where it's going exactly and and it has been encouraging because you know so we've been we've been talking with googlers for since smart shopping came out and so to their credit you know we've definitely heard interest from the googlers we talked to at least in terms of kind of thinking through okay so so why do you want to see this data how do you want to see it you know i from my understanding as i've talked to them is there definitely is this idea of Right, but if it makes you money, why do you care? You know, um, so we are trying to kind of work through the the whole idea of why we we would need data. You know, some of those arguments that I've written in those posts, but even some of them being, hey, you know, uh, a real practical one is we use shopping ads for search terms that come through, and we'll use those to feed into our search campaigns and build out our search campaigns more. Or we'll use those as negative keywords as well if if we see it is not uncommon at all in shopping ads at all for Google to um to you know have like an exact match, Amazon or eBay or something. So all of a sudden, you know, we'll see in a client that all of a sudden their you know some of their products are being shown for just just someone typing in literally only the word Amazon. Mm. That's not a word I want in there. So so there are aspects like that. That are valuable. We have been hearing them kind of hear and see some of these things. And, and I and I we have seen some changes on smart shopping. We got location targeting back. There's been talk about uh, the, the new and returning idea. I think they're seeing that, that hey, you know, you know, having one target ROAS for just a combined like conglomeration of audiences just isn't healthy, going back to exactly what we talked about with the funnel and a marketing strategy. So, so we've heard positive talk about, hey, that's probably something that needs to change from their end too. Um, so, so I think that there is some of that. So I agree. In a year's time, my hope is that we are looking back on a little bit more data uh, as well. But we're we're still kind of in a very, like, um, the word obfuscated is definitely uh, definitely describes smart shopping right now and I I don't think that's healthy.
2: Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a strange analogy actually. I'm full of strange analogies just today. I bought a new car recently <laughs> and it just reminds me what you were just just talking about. You open the bonnet expecting to see an engine and all you can see is a, a weird plastic cover. You can't see <laughs> anything that's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> yeah. Anyway, um we we better crack on. Um one a, a, a takeaway for our audience today. We've spoken about quite a few things, but what do you think our audience should be thinking about as they as they leave this podcast today?
3: Yeah, i I think what I'd say is what I what I'd like to get people just chewing on is the idea that you can't necessarily trust your data. I just I feel like I feel like we're in this realm right now in advertising, in some ways, unhealthily, where. All of a sudden, we have data that we've never been able to get before. Um, So, you know, for years and years and years, marketing has looked very similar. There's been the idea of the funnel. I mean, that thing came out in like 1898. Um, And so kind of this idea of a marketing strategy has always been existed. And now all of a sudden, in the last decade or so, we've been able to say, right, and we can even see more data about people that are visiting. And so then there's been this mad rush on data and data collection and all this stuff, like the one with the most data wins, you know? And the problem being, and, and I do think that we are now right on that cusp of kind of entering the next evolution, I think, of what's happening. Seeing this with a lot of people online, a lot of what people are writing on, what people are talking on in social, in advertising communities. And that is that. Data is good, but because it, it, it can be misunderstood, it cannot give the full answer. Or what about all the data that's not even there? We're going to see that come hardcore with privacy stuff happening, where all of a sudden there can be just gaps created in a user's data si- cycle. There's just a there's dark social where you can't track exactly what's going on, and so in some ways we never have the full picture with our our analytics and with our data. And I don't think in any way it's wrong for us to hold that a little bit suspiciously, still utilize it for, for absolutely, still utilize it to help inform our strategic efforts and thinking through things. Um, data is still valuable. I think there needs to be a little bit more suspicion about data than I've seen and that is where then once that ball starts rolling, that's where you start to then start to wonder about fully automated systems because they literally can't exist without that data. And that data has to be perfect, right? Yeah. So, so there's just so much to this right now that I think probably the best thing that we could do is literally just stop and think, what if what I'm seeing here in Google, my Google Analytics report – what if there's more to the story and I need to really make sure I understand that before I make a decision to reallocate budget from channel X to channel Y? I, that's what I want people to walk away thinking about.
2: Well, Kirk, thanks so much for coming on. Massive food for thought there. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you, more about Zato?
3: Yeah, so we're um, on our site is ZatoMarketing.com and then I'm, I'm PPC Kirk and that's, that's basically overall social channels. So if you, if you find PPC Kirk anywhere, you'll find me. Fantastic.
2: Well, thanks for listening, everyone. The show notes will be in the usual place. sitevisibility.co.uk slash impodcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a fab review because we like fab reviews. Fab reviews are great if they can even say it. Um questions and suggestions for future topics. Uh the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn, so that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Kirk. Thank you so much. (laughs) Great to be here. Thanks for coming on, Kirk, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.